0: Good morning, church. Good morning. Hey y'all! This morning, everybody good? Yeah. I just love it when God um, God just puts a series of things on on people's hearts. Cause this morning um, I got here early, we, a lot of us got here early, and and uh, there was uh, nothing to do because everything was set up. Praise the Lord! We didn't have to set up anything this morning. And uh, anyway, we were I was, we were going through praying, and when I got to the front when I got to the doors. Everybody enters through. When I got to those doors. Just uh, the word baggage came to my mind, and I just began to pray, and I, like, I pray right now. I'm fixing to pray over you guys, is that when you come in the doors here, I pray that you leave the baggage at the door. A lot of times we come to church, and we're still dragging that junk from the past week, and we're sitting here on the pew, on the, in the pew or on the seat. We're sitting here, and we're thinking about what happened last week. We're thinking about the struggles of last week. We're thinking about the, the crazy ride in with the kids. We're thinking about how, um, how these, you know, trying to get the babies ready and get everybody dressed and nobody wants to get, uh, get up and we're trying to struggle through that and we got a kind of a, a, a numb feeling when we get here because we're here just because we feel like we should be, right? Am I the only one that goes through those motions? No? you are looking at me like, man, you su- chief of sinners up there. <laughs> this morning, Sabrina gets here and she's got this distraught look on her face. I was like, baby, what's wrong? She was like... I was trying to get him ready. It took me an hour to get his clothes on. I was like, well, it's okay. He's dressed. He's here. Okay, it's fine. But it's easy because we get so caught up, and then we're not able to receive what God's trying to give us. So I want you to, this morning, um, I know a lot of us grew up in different backgrounds, and, but I want you to, to uh, if you will, follow my lead this morning. Um, when I pray, I just ask you to raise your hands, because let me tell you something, a lot of us can't raise our hands to praise God because we're so weighed down by the baggage we're bringing in here. And you got to let go of that baggage to be able to use your hands, am I right? Amen. So a lot of times, if you're falling and you hold on to something, are you going to hold on to it to the ground or are you going to drop it? You're going to let go of it. And a lot of you in this room, are, you've been failing this whole week, but you're still holding on to the same junk. So you will. When I pray, lift your hands to God, and let's pray for God to remove this stuff from us, Lord. God, we come right now, Father, lifting our hands, our hands up high, God, and we're asking you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, to remove the distractions in our hearts. God, we ask you to remove the, the, the blindness that we have, the numbness we feel, Father, so that we may listen to what you are going to say, Lord, this morning, Father. God, we just pray right now, Lord, that the, the distractions this week, the baggage from this week, the, the struggles this week would pass our minds, and God, you would fill us with peace, and God, we would be able to listen, Lord, intently to the words that you are going to say today, God. We pray, Father, and we love you, Lord, and we Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, didn't that feel good? Now, some of you are like this. <laughs> I won't be doing this by myself. So, anyway, we're starting through this series. Uh, last week was the, was the first week of this scandalous series, and, and the whole purpose behind it is trying to reveal the religious nature that we, we often walk in. We walk in this, how we think we should follow Christ instead of truly following Jesus the way Jesus says we should follow him. Amen? So we're going to be in Luke chapter 5 this week. And, uh, and I got some notes, but uh, we all know them things usually don't mean nothing. But um, we're going to try to stay with them this morning if I can. Uh, Luke 5, we're going to start in verse 27. As you're turning through there. I just want to set this up for you guys, let you know where we are in time. Jesus, in chapter 5, Jesus just, just brought his disciples. He just, um, he just brought um, Peter, James, and John. he the seen them at the water, and he said, hey, come follow me. And he left everything, and they started following Jesus. He goes into town, and he goes and he heals a leper. First, he goes in, bam, heals somebody. He goes into another uh, area of town, and, and he, uh, he forgives and heals a paralyzed man. And he's doing things that nobody's seen before. We're looking at this. They've been seeing religion as this empty, just powerless thing that, and now this man claims to be the son of God, and he's walking in here, and he's healing people, and people are being changed, people are being transformed. He was showing people what it really meant to follow Christ. Let me tell you, when we follow Jesus we can't no longer stay the same, can we? Can we? The man that was blind, he, was then, he didn't stay blind when he met Jesus. He, now he could see. The man that was, that was lame, that he couldn't do anything. He was lame. He was held back. All of a sudden, God, Jesus just healed him of that leprosy, of that disease, and he was able to, to, to be free from that. See, I serve a God that when we come to him, he frees us from our iniquities. Amen? He frees us from the things that holds us down, but we've got to allow him to come in, and we've got to respond. So here Jesus is. He's he's the son of God, and he gets to this man named Matthew, and he's referred to as Levi right here because he was Levi, and the the other name for him is, is, is Matthew. So he gets to Matthew, and he is a tax collector. And in those times, the Jews, when they saw a tax collector, he was kind of like, he, he committed treason. Like, he, he extorted people they, to get money. Like, he was, he was in charge of collecting taxes. So if he, if he said your car, if your car were worth $200, and he said you owe $7,000 worth of taxes, you had to pay it. If not, you, you was in trouble. And if, if it was only worth $200, he got the rest to put in his account. So he was very I'm not saying he was wicked, but tax collectors were wicked in those days. and Matthew probably fell a lot right, right along with those people. So here Jesus comes to a man that looked like he was the worst of the worst, in the eyes of the religious people. They, they just kind of wrote him off. They didn't have anything to do with him. And Jesus comes to this man in verse 27. and it says, "After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Jesus looks at him and says, follow me, Jesus says. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to the sect complained about his disciples. I mean, complained to his disciples, I'm sorry. Why do you eat and drink with the tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Is it not the healthy who need a doctor? It is not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. You know, last week Jesus said the same thing in chapter 4. He says, I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. He said, I didn't come to proclaim it to those people who think they're okay. If you're a sinner, if you know that you don't please God, you know it, right? I knew it. And when I realized that Jesus came to, for me to come and follow him and repent and change, that changed everything. He said, I came to, not to the righteous, but for the sinners to repentance. And as I read that story most people in today's society, most people that call themselves Christians, they would have walked right past Matthew and thought he was too far gone. They would look right over him. But yet Jesus looked at him and said, follow me. And the man was so desperate for a change. He was so desperate for something different. He was so desperate from deliverance. When he seen that, he immediately jumped up and left. He immediately jumped up and left. That no doubt, Matthew probably had heard the miracles that Jesus had performed. They heard, he heard the different things that Jesus had done. He heard the difference that Jesus made, but the opportunity was never given to him right in front of him. But whenever the opportunity came, he, he seized the moment and went. And that's what God's called us as a people to do. It's to give opportunities to those that are blind, those that are, those that are lame, those that are sick, those that everyone else thinks are too far gone. He's called us to be the light in their world. Amen? But we've got to go to those people. And a lot of you in this room, me included, we started out, we planted this church, and let me tell you a little something. It's not about this church. It's about Jesus, okay? I'm not here to grow Connection Church. I'm here to grow the kingdom of God. It ain't about Jeremy's kingdom, but it is the kingdom, amen? amen. But, not, but through Connection Church, we are pursuing Christ. And, and when we started to plant this church, we started to, at the vision and, and mission in my heart when God birthed it in my heart at, at, a, at my house one night, just telling me what he wanted to do in Jenkins County, it was to go and be the light to those that were so far from God. And I remember it so plainly, God was like, I want you to go to the undesirables. And I was like, God, who's that? He said, the ones nobody else wants. And I was like, well, well who is that? And I was like, well, God, who, who do you want us to go to? Who do, you, who do you want us to minister to? He wants you to go minister to the tax collectors. He wants us to go minister to those that, to the drug dealers. He wants us to go minister to the ones that are addicted by drugs and alcohol. He wants us to go minister to the people that, that other people in the religious society says, oh, you can't come up in here. You got to clean up first. God's called us to go to those people. That's the heart of this church. Not just to come to church and, and say, feed me. And I'm going to go home, and I'm going to go to connect group on Wednesday or Tuesday or Thursday night. I'm going to go to connect group and meet with my people, and then we're going to go home, and I'm going to feel good about myself. No, he said it ain't about going and doing these things. It's about reaching people for the kingdom, amen? Yeah. But we've got to be intentional with that. That's the heart cry of not only Connection Church, but it's the heart cry of a true follower of Jesus because Jesus went out and looked for sinners so he could give them the gospel. A lot of us, we've been saved, and it's like, we forget that Jesus was seeking us. Anybody forgot that? We forget where we come from. We forget that God choked, God, slain, God came after me right in the middle of my mess, and he rescued me. He rescued me right in the middle of all my junk. And I thank God I had men in my life that said, you know what, Jeremy? You're not too dirty, and you're not too nasty for me to walk with you. Because I had a lot of junk in my life. A lot of junk in my life and the thing is a lot of us we don't want we don't like we don't like dealing with junk we want it to fit in this perfect little box you might y'all with me but this little this little box we want it to fit right here if it don't fit right here in what i think it should look like i don't want nothing to do with it come on and i gonna tell you reaching people that are far from god doesn't fit in a little neat box it doesn't fit in, in, in those things. It, it, sometimes it pours out the box. Sometimes it does fit in there. It never fits in there for me. And if I'd have gave up on reaching people because of, it didn't fit in this box that I thought, then I would have quit a long time ago. A lot of times we think that, that our mission is, hey, come and see. We want to invite them to church. Y'all come and see, come and see, come and see. And this isn't a come and see mission God's given us. It's a search and rescue mission we got to search out for those that need Jesus, and we got to show them the rescue and power of the Holy Spirit. But that's not going to happen unless we get out of our comfort zone and go to them. Amen? Am. Jesus went to, to, the pe- to, one, to one of the most sinful people in the eyes of the religious people. There was no hope for Matthew in the Pharisees and Sadducees' eyes. There was no hope for him. He was destined for hell. So they, ch- they just wrote him off. How many people have you wrote off instead of going to? God's called us to be a people that go to them. And there's a reality that we're going to go to people and they don't even realize they're drowning. But all we can do is give them the option. We can throw them the rope and say, hey, there's the rope. You grab onto it if you want to. But if you grab onto it, I'm going to pull as hard as I can to pull you in. God's called us to be those people. But we don't. We're, we, we're okay with coming in and going out. And that's just being, that's just being bought into being religious. Being a father of Christ is more than just coming to a service. It's about being on fire for Christ outside of here. And I realized that a lot of times, a lot of you in this room, you got saved, and man, you was on fire. You were telling everybody and you were telling everybody and their mama about it. Everybody. Let me, let me tell you about what God did. Y'all put it on Facebook. Y'all put it on everything that you can put it on. And man, you was on fire for about two weeks. You put it on every single day. And the next thing you know, it was like once every week, and then you ain't putting nothing... The fire has kind of gone out because what's happened is you've got some opposition. There's been, Satan's been attacking you. There's some things going on, and your fire's been put out because, because it didn't fit in this box. I thought it was going to be easy. I was going to be able to tell somebody about Jesus, and they were going to say, I need him. Let me follow him. Let me. It don't happen that way. It does every now and then. People don't understand their sinfulness. People don't understand that they don't, they don't please God, that being good isn't good enough. And God's called us as his followers to be the light. Amen? We talked about it in 1 Peter. He says, he, our mission is to proclaim the excellencies of him who's called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We're to proclaim the gospel to those that are hurting and, and that, need, that, need, that need it. I mean, there's so many people that are hopeless out there. God's called us to be that light. Just this week, I was out there. I was surveying a piece of property for a fella. Man was 80 years old. He looked like he was 50. I couldn't believe he was 80. I, thought, I told him he was lying to me, but he said he was 80, and I had to take him. He said he had four kids, and three of them were girls, and, and the girls were great. They were doing, but that boy, mm, he was in bad shape. His name was Alfonso. He talked about Alfonso for 20 minutes, talked about how Alfonso was on drugs and how Alfonso, he had done all these things for his son, and, but yet it, his son had burned down houses, and all these things had happened. and I could tell by the way the man was talking that he was burdened for his son. This man was a follower of Christ. He loved Jesus, but he was at the end that he didn't know what else to do. And I'm sitting on the tailgate of the truck eating lunch, and this man's telling me all his problems. And I'm thinking, man, I gotta go. Man, he's holding me up. If I if I get if I, he don't hush, so I can get to going, I'm gonna be late for whatever else I gotta do. And in that moment, God was like, "Is he not more important than your schedule?" You know what I did? No, Lord. He said, let me go if y'all can can, uh, can get back to work. And I said, look, can can I pray with you for a second? And it was just like the lights come on. He was like, yes, sir. I stand in need of prayer every day. I said, all right, let's pray. We held hands and we prayed. And we prayed for our father and we prayed for for God to change his heart. We prayed for God to change his life. And that man, when I got through praying and my partner got through praying, when he looked up at us, there was hope in that man's eyes again. But he didn't have that hope before. God's called us to be intentional every single place we go, not about just showing up at church on Sunday. And the way we change the community is all of us intentionally following Jesus every single place we go. God's called us as a community. God's called us as a church to be involved in this community. God's called us to be involved in the lives of children and and people to helping them see the light. Amen? The way we change the community is going to be through the eyes of kids. Cause I know that now that a child can change a man and a woman's perspective like that. And as I look through those eyes, I want to tell you. Last year, I'm not trying to tell you this story to, to play on your heartstrings, but I want to tell you how what kind of shape we're in, in our county. We helped do a vacation Bible school for after-school kids during the summer. And 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 I'm, I'm, I'm let me let me make a profession of this right quick. Let me tell you something right quick. I'm sick. I'm sick of how we constantly okay with the divide. Of, of of races in our community it makes me sick we can't be a follower of christ and say it's okay to, to have this or that it's, it, i don't see people i praise god that when he saved me i no longer see people as color i see people as child men and women of god amen. and it's time that we will look over that shallow junk of racism and we start seeing people that need christ amen right. and when i look at the eyes of those children I didn't see black, I didn't see white. I seen a child that was sitting there crying out for help. And I had two little boys come up to me and say, Mr. Jeremy, will you be my daddy? And you know, I like to cry. I held it back and I was like, why you want me to be your daddy, son? He's like, because we don't have no daddy. It's just me and mama. Or it's just me and grandmama. There was a, there was a couple of little ladies that were helping. That the little girls asked them, will, they be my, will you be my mama? Because my mama left me. They don't have anybody directing them. They don't have anybody leading them. They don't have anybody guiding them. But yet God's called the church to be the light to the world. Amen? Amen. But we don't want to get involved in that because we're like, hey, that's too messy. I don't want to get in those people's drama. Man, I thank God that Jesus chose to get in the middle of my drama and help me see the light. And if we're going to make a difference in this community, we got to step out of our comfort zone just like Jesus did. It wasn't socially acceptable at the time for Jesus to talk to Matthew, but he didn't care because he seen Matthew's soul we got to stop looking at people if they're black or white or Mexican or whatever. we got to look at them like they are souls. And if they don't know Jesus, they will die and go to hell. Amen? Amen. And when we start looking at people that way, our whole perspective will change on how we talk to people. God's called us to be a lighthouse, guys. And we've got to go to those places. But see, that's the thing. It can't just be me and dollars. mean, you can't just be a few of us doing it. All of us have to be intentionally going after those that are far from Christ. God gave us so much favor in our community. We've got an opportunity right now to mentor some boys. There's, a lot, there's some boys that are high risk. They can go either way. They can, go, they can take the good road or they can take the bad road. Right now, they're on, they're on that. And the school has identified those. And they're like, hey, we need somebody to speak into these boys' lives. Would you be willing to do it? And I look at my schedule, and I was like, I can't. I can't. But then I see these boys on the street, and I'm like, you know what? Nothing else is more important. A dollar ain't important as a person's soul. And we got this opportunity to spend time with these boys. Let me tell you something. I can only affect the life of a few, but all of us can affect many. Amen? Amen. But we've got to see it as that. We've got to make that priority in our life. And that's what Jesus did. He looked at Matthew, and it's like, you know what, Matthew? I value you. I love you. I care for you. I know you're in a bad place right now. I know that you don't please God right now, but I love you enough to bring light to your darkness. And if you'll follow me, I will show you peace and security. That's what people are looking for. And are we going to be the change of that? Or are we going to keep putting our head in the sand saying, you know, it'll change. It's somebody else's responsibility. Look, that's what we've been doing for I don't know how how long. And it ain't worked yet, has it? Because everybody's got their head in the sand and nobody's doing nothing. God's called us to be the light, church. Amen? God's called us to be the light. He didn't call us out of darkness into the light for us to sit on our hands and do nothing. He called us to proclaim what Jesus has done for you. That's what the story does. To be religious is just showing up, going to church, going through the motions, but being a true follower of Christ means you do something about it. You use whatever influence you have to leverage it for the kingdom. And I might not have said that correctly, but y'all bear with me. Y'all know where I was going. God's called us to be a difference. And we've got to realize that the thing is Jesus called sinners. He went to sinners, and he was a light among them. Jesus went to sinners. He went to those people and made a difference. I've told you all a thousand times that when God saved me, that I had to pull myself away from those that, uh, that what my friends that I grew up with, that wasn't pleasing God. And I had to so I could resist the temptation. I couldn't be around that junk anymore. I couldn't. But let me tell you, I've got to a point when I walk with God that I can be right up there in the middle of that stuff and it don't affect me at all. And I can tell them how much Jesus loves them. Right there, if they got a nickel in their hand or not because it don't bother me. It bothers me where they are. But I don't care. It used to bother me because I was worried about what people thought. I remember um, Sabrina and I, we were going through a period where I thought we were going to get a divorce. And she, she was so, um, she was just so let down by the church. She was so, she felt like she was an outcast. And I was serving in the church. And I was doing all this stuff. And Sabrina was like, I, I can't do this anymore. So she decided that the only place that she remembered being, feeling accepted was at the bar. Because at the bar, everybody's there for the, right, for the same reasons. Not the right reasons, but the same reasons. They're there to wash their troubles away. You with me? That's like y'all ain't never been at the bar before. <laughs> anyway, they was at the club. That, that's where it was, and that's where she felt accepted, was there. And I don't care how much I pushed her to a Bible study, it didn't change the feeling that she felt rejected. She didn't feel like she was a part. So I was like, I can't go. I can't go because, God, I'm in the church, and, and then people are going to stone me if they find out I'm over here doing this stuff, and, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm not going to be drinking, but I can't. And it got to the point where it's either you go, I'm going by myself. So, you know what? I loaded up and I went with her. And I got there one day and God convicted me. He's like, Jeremy, I hung out with sinners, but I was not affected by sin. And if you love me, you can hang out with sinners and not be affected by sin. And I was at Comer's Lake with a Gatorade bottle in my hand. I won't ever forget it. All my old friends were there and they were like, man, where you been? Where you been? What's been happening? I was, man, they were all, it was like a celebration. I was like, man, I missed you, I missed you. What's going on? Why you, what, what you got in that Gatorade bottle? I was like, man, it's straight up Gatorade. Man, come on. I was like, no, here, smell it, I promise. Why, why ain't you drinking? Jesus changed my life. And one by one, I was the most popular person at Comas Lake. In about five minutes, I was by myself in a corner. And they was, and people, they were like, there's Jimmy. They were like, oh, don't, don't go over there. Don't go over there. You know, he'd been... He's been smoking something because he's talking about Jesus over here at Coleman's Lake. And you know something wrong with him. But you know what? That made me realize how far off we are because if there was more people going to those that are lost and dying and showing them there's a difference there's another way to live than pouring out their sorrows in a bottle. Maybe there'd be less people going. See, Jesus hung out with sinners and he wasn't affected. We need to separate ourselves from sin. You hear me? Don't, don't, don't let me. Don't think that I'm saying that sin is acceptable. We need to separate ourselves, th- ourselves from things that don't please God. But we're not tempted by it anymore. We need to be that light. Amen? Because when they see you, man, that's, that, that was a great witness. And a lot of my friends were saved after that. because they seen who I once was, and they see who I was now. And I, got, I just kept telling them, man, I'm telling you. This ain't this flaky religion stuff that you used to see. This is real. When he came in my heart, he changed me forever. I can't do that anymore. He delivered me from this. And you know what? I get more joy following Christ than I ever did drinking all weekend long. And the greatest thing is I don't wake up with a headache in the morning. And I begin to tell them that. And one by one, they were like, tell me more about this. Tell me more about this. And what's sad is a lot of them that I was going out with, they was at church every single Sunday with me. But we thought we were right. We thought we were, we were just going through the motions and did not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when I think about that, if, if the people at church would have known what I was doing, there would have been one person that would have been like, man, Jeremy, that, that's wrong. Let me walk with you in this. No, a lot of them would have been like, get out of here. They'd have treated me like a, rat, like a bad, like a stray dog. Get, get out of here. Get on. We don't need you here. And I'm thankful that God didn't do that to me. I'm thankful that God was patient with me, that he loved me, that he walked with me through my sin. And that's what God's called us to do, right? Right? Be patient with people. Walk with people. Not give up on people, right? And if that's the kind of church that God's called us to be here, to be a people that that love people, that are compassionate for you and want to walk with you through it, then I'm not okay with you staying the same way. I want you to be growing. I want you to be different. I want you to be changing every single day because I've got the same heart that God has for your life. And that's the same thing Jesus had. He called Matthew out of where he was and into a relationship with him. And Matthew was used in a great way. But you've got to accept that and walk with God. How many people are being robbed of that experience because we won't step out of our comfort zone and share the gospel? Man, y'all are way quiet. See, Jesus went to sinners and he was a light among them. It breaks my heart because so many churches, so many people have this thing of, we want you to come. You come. You sinners, you come. People that don't please God, you come. And, and they want them to come and they come. And, and when people come to church and they reveal their sin, it's like, whoo, uh-uh, get that junk out of here. I didn't, I didn't know you had all that going on. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, come on. Oh, you better back up. You know, let me recommend another church for you to go to. You know, you don't, that's how people are, and that's not how we should be. It's like, look, when people come and and all the sin is spewed out there on a thing, that's when we should say, I see your mess, but Jesus is greater. I see your problems. But let me tell you something. If you will give these problems to Christ, if you will walk with him every single day, I promise you he will never leave you nor forsake you. We need to speak hope into their life and walk with them through that instead of condemn them. And if the world out there knows that our arms are open and we want to help them, we want to grow them into a relationship with Jesus Christ, they will will beat the doors off this school to get in here. But we've got to show them that we lovingly and compassionately care about them, just like Jesus did. And that's so contrary to religion. That's so contrary to how majority of us grew up, amen. I feel like y'all ain't grow up like that, but you did. I'm telling you, amen. And I think about. I even think about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, and Jesus came to him, and the same thing happened. The religious people were mad that he came to a sinner, came to a tax collector, and went to his house and ate. How many people that are lost that you hang out with? How many people that are lost that you've had a conversation with last week? You know, I got a really good friend of mine. I know I'm going to be able to do it. I got a friend of mine that uh, that passed away this past year. and When he was saved, he wanted all his friends to know Jesus more than anything. And every day, every time we would go hunting, we would always talk about his walk with God, my walk with God, and he would always talk about his list. He had a list of all his friends that he put on that list that he wanted to know Jesus Christ. And God had caught him out of the drinking scene. He had caught him out of the party scene. And you know what he did? He prayed for those people every single day. But he also, he didn't cut them people out of his life completely. He would invite them to his house. And he would, you know, he would would be like, hey, man, come hang out. And he would tell them what Jesus had done in his heart, what Jesus had done in his life. And some of them respected that and some of them didn't but he chose to be different. He chose to pursue those that everyone else gave up on. And at his funeral, many of those people on that list accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior because they seen the legacy that he left behind because he cared enough to go to them. Man, that speaks volumes to me. We get so caught up in our life, guys, to where our, our relationship with God becomes all about us. Becomes all about, I got to do this, I got to read this, I got to do that. And we get so caught up and our life becomes religious instead of relational. We don't have a relationship with other people that, that, that need Christ. And to follow Jesus is a direct, just stab at that lifestyle. Because God's called us to walk with people. Amen? And it's uncomfortable Sometimes. It is uncomfortable, but if we truly want to make a difference, we're going to sacrifice. See, nothing changes if we do nothing. Nothing changes if we remain silent. We were, we put in a float at the MLK parade, and uh, we were there, and, and um, I looked around, and we was in this big old jacked-up truck, which was mine, but we was in that truck, and everybody was looking at us, you know, and something that meant, meant a lot to me, this, this lady came up to me, and she had tears in her eyes, and she hugged me, and she said, Thank you for doing this. Thank you. And I was like, I'm not doing nothing but putting a truck in parade, and we're riding through this parade. She said, No, but it's what it stands for. And Rick was in the back of the truck, and I told Rick what she said, and Rick was like, Look here, man. If we want to see change, we've got to be the change. It, it was more like, Woo! Afterwards, but, you know, <laughs> Rick was on fire, and I was like, You know, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. If we want to see change, we've got to be the change in our family, in our community, at our work. Come on, we've got to be that change and we're not going to be the change remaining silent, being quiet, staying comfortable. We want to live in this box. It doesn't work. My Jesus don't fit in this box. And he's called us to step out of that box and be on fire and be, be, be just, I'm telling you, we should be walking through this world with a paintbrush. dipping it in in Jesus every day and leaving our mark every single place we go. But instead, we don't have any paint, and we're just walking with a dry brush, not making a difference, not leaving a mark anywhere we go. And to truly follow Christ means that we leave a mark, amen? We make a difference because, and we go to those that are far from Christ. See, Jesus did go to those, but he also, he called sinners to follow him, but he also called them to repent. He didn't say, come follow me and live any way you want to. He didn't say that. He said, no, you got to follow me and repent. Turn from your old life. Turn from the things that don't please me and walk and follow me. And people did that. They walked away from, their, their whole, from everything. Peter, Peter, John, James, Matthew, they walked away from everything that made their, their living. They walked away from their living to follow Christ because he was so important. He was so worthy. They walk away from everything, but yet we won't even walk across the street. We want to say, hey, I want to be a missionary, but you don't tell nobody about Jesus during the day. And if you won't tell, G- tell somebody about Jesus at Walmart or in, at Bilo, let me tell you something. When you're up in the middle of Muslim territory and you could lose your life, you ain't going to say a word. For us to make an impact, we've got to open our mouths and be the voice that God's called us to be. Amen? We've got to proclaim it. See, what I love about Matthew's conversion was, first, it opens his eyes. It opens Matthew's eyes. He was searching for something. He, and he knew that Jesus had it, but he just didn't know how to connect the dots. There's a lot of people in our community that are hopeless, guys. They just need, they need the light shine, shine on them. And they're just, they're just sitting there, just like Matthew was. He was just sitting there waiting. There's people in our community sitting there waiting for you to show up and say, let me give you the answer to your problems. It didn't say how long Matthew's been there, but he's probably been there a while. Feeling dejected, feeling like he don't fit in, feeling like, he is the, like he's the lowest of lows. But Jesus goes to him. He, just, he didn't say, hey, clean your act up, then you can come follow me. He didn't say any of that. He said, follow me, and he jumped up and he left. There's people in this community that are waiting for us to come and say, hey, come follow Christ. Are you willing to be that person that goes and says, hey, come follow Jesus? Jesus went to him and met him where he was, but yet Matthew walked with him. Jesus called him out of that, but also he called him to repentance. He couldn't couldn't remain a tax collector and follow Christ. You picking on putting down? He couldn't, he couldn't continue to, to live a life that he knew disobeyed God. He couldn't do that and follow Christ in the same thing. Why do we think we can do that? We live like a bunch of schizophrenic Christians. I mean, I'm telling you, it's like reverse. I mean, uh, uh, the world looks at us, and they're like, they need medicine. Come on. You know people that, that, that's got a messed up personality, and they need medicine, they ain't on it. Come on. And you see them, and one minute, they grin and happy, and you see them on the next aisle of grocery store, and they over there, Whoa. No, Lee, it's killing me. It's like, they need medicine. What's wrong with them people? And the world looks at us like that, and we're like, oh, praise Jesus. He's the to all my questions, all my problems, all my failures. And then the next day, we're over there dropping an the F-bomb on Facebook, and there's people like, what? what is up with that? We've got to be consistent with our walk with God, amen? amen. And if we're fake, they're going to think this don't, Jesus don't mean anything. They're going to think Jesus is fake. That's what's wrong. We've got to be people that are truly repentant and walking away from things that don't please God. And it's hard, ain't it? It's hard. I'm going to use the South Georgia term. Ain't it? Y'all got me? Ain't it hard? It's hard to walk away from things that don't please God. But everything I've walked away from, man, God's given me so much more peace. So much, more, Man, my life is so much better because I walked, chose to, to please God more than men. And that's what he's calling us to. That's what he was calling us. Matthew to do. He was calling him out of that. See, and that's the only thing. A lot of us in this room, we're like, I want to be used by God. I want to be used by God. You will only be used by God by the amount of things you're willing to repent of. No amens on that one. See, we want a little bit of Jesus on the side and do everything we want to do. That's what everybody else is doing. That's why all these other things, people, even churches, are fruitless because we're doing a little bit of Jesus in a whole lot of world. And the only way we make a difference is if we drop that world like a bad girlfriend and start following Jesus because he's worth more. Amen? But instead, we're saying we're, 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 like, we're like we're committing adultery every single day. Jesus, I love you. I want to follow you. I want to do everything. And then as soon as we leave church, we're over here messing with this stuff that you know don't please God. So many times through the Bible, God calls his people an adulterous people. I remember one of the things I told my wife when we got married. I was like, look, I'll put up with anything. But you cheat on me, we done. That's for I knew Jesus. Because that hurt when people wrong. You're not hurt when people cheat, when people lie, when people do those things that hurt that you feel. Just think about the the way Jesus feels. When we say we we love you, we want to do everything for you, but yet our life doesn't show that. We say, oh Jesus, you mean everything to me, but yet we don't portray that. And this ain't just something we come in and we do, God. This is who we are. This is who we should be. We live this life every single day following Jesus. That's what it means to be a Christian—not just by name, but by the lifestyle you live. Amen. And it's time for us as God's people to say, "Look, I'm not living this double life anymore. That says I love Jesus, but I don't. But I don't love." other people. It's time for us to say, I, I, I love Jesus, but I love my sin more. It's time for us to be people that say, I'm walking away from everything that don't please God, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to please him. Amen? And if that means I got to go to the lowliest part of town and share the gospel, then that's what I do because I love Jesus and I love those people. Amen? That's what Jesus did. We wear them, you know, that, 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 that bracelet that we all wore uh, not all of us, because I'm a little older than some of you, but we, all, we wore them back in the day, and it says, WWJD, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? We, wore, we used to wear those bracelets, and we would quote those things, and we would say, what would Jesus do? And we knew what Jesus would do. You know what we did? I did what Jeremy wanted to do every time, because I wasn't following Jesus. We're not going to go to the people. We're not going to be the light. We're not going to go to the Matthews of this world if we're not focused on our relationship with God. See, Jesus calls sinners to follow him in repentance. See, just because you raised your hand and you said, hey, I chose, I want to follow Jesus, and you wanted to commit your life to Christ, and you got baptized one day. Did that mean anything to you? Did that change your life? Is there fruit in your life that shows there's true repentance in your life? That shows that, hey, I meant what I said. I said I wanted to follow Christ, and I'm walking away from things that don't please God. Now, no doubt, there's some things in your life that it's hard to walk away from. Amen? But when it's those hard things that, you, that, keep, that keep coming against you, that's when you're supposed to come to somebody and say, hey, I'm struggling with this right here. Can you help me? Can you pray with me? Can you fast with me? Because I want Jesus more than this sin. Amen? That's what we've got to be. We've got to be transparent, but we allow pride to puff us up and think that we are above asking for help. And Jesus says, I came to seek and save sinners. Those who know they're jacked up, that they're screwed up. But the only way they're going to make it is through the loving arms of Jesus Christ. To say, say, I accept you, I love you, and I want you to follow me. And for us to realize that to follow Jesus, there's things we have to walk away from to please him. And I read that too, I also read the end of Luke when he, when he kind of, when all the religious people says, hey, do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? They were looking at it like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm righteous. I read, I, I know all the scripture. Uh, come hang, why do you hang out with me? But yet you're not, you're not hanging out with me. You're going to hang out with these people, these nasty people. That's the way they looked at people that, were, that, that did not look the way they did. And Jesus looks at them. He said, hey, is it not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick? I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus is like, look, I came for those that are sick. The, the church is a place for the sick, amen? Those that need healing, amen? That's what the church is for. That's just, but, but the thing is, we act like that's what it is, but we can't get the floor dirty. We want, we want people that need, need Jesus. We want people that need to be cleaned up. We, need, we want to reach people that realize that, but yet we don't want to come in here because we're scared they're going to get dirt on our white shirt. Jesus is like, he rebukes the religious leaders there. He rebukes them. I mean, in essence, what he was saying to them, he's like, look, you're righteous and, and I accept your self-evaluation of yourself. You think you're okay, but I didn't come for you because you are not humble enough to realize that you fall short every day too. I came for those. I came for those who call themselves sinners and choose to repent. I heard an evangelist that I know say that there's a many, a good man, and a good woman gonna bust hell wide open because they think they're right and really they're just walking with a mask on. He told me, he said, Jeremy, the people that come to church religiously are the hardest people to reach because they think that they've got all the answers. But the people that's never been to church before, they realize that they've got everything to gain. And they'll give up that junk. But if you don't preach against religion, what'll happen is they'll they'll walk away from that junk and they'll turn into a self-righteous Pharisee just like everyone else on the pew. And I was early in my walk with God and I was like, man, that's hard stuff, and that's wrong. That's just not right. that's wrong. Can't believe he said that. But the more I walk with God and the more I'm, when I become a pastor, the more I realize that we get kind of comfortable with where we are. And if we're not careful, if we're not seeking God every day, we'll look down our nose at people that are struggling instead of going to those that need help. Amen. And that's where I'm calling you from today. You know, some of us think that we have all the answers and we reject people. We push people away. In reality, what we're doing is for hindering them from coming to know Jesus. And I was reading my Bible this week and I read the story about uh, when Jesus went into the temple. Y'all remember the story? Jesus went into the temple and he, made, he intentionally, he made this whip and he, he turned the tables over and he whipped people out of there. You know Why? You know why he was so mad? Because they were keeping people from coming in and worshiping God. And when we act like we're better than everybody else, when we act like everything, we got everything going on, when we act like that that uh thank you, Jesus. But when we th- when we act like everything is it's together on our part, when we don't reach out and when somebody's hurting and we just kind of turn a deaf ear. We're we're hindering people from coming to Christ. We remain in sin. When we're okay with living in a way that does not please God, but yet we profess to be a follower of Jesus, we're hindering people from coming to see Christ because they see your relationship and they say, that's a lie. That's phony. How many of us are guilty of being just this religious person and we're not living it out? Because Jesus came and he rebuked those people. And reality is, he's rebuking you. Even if you want to think that he's not, he's rebuking you this morning. It's time for you to trade in this dead religion and start following Christ, amen? It's time for you to quit just playing this game and walking through this thing. It's time for you to really surrender your life and give it to Jesus. Because religion don't save you. If religion saved you, there would have been no need for Jesus to come. Because the Pharisees had it wrote down. They They had it... Panned out. They had it figured it out. Religion don't save you. Only surrender your life and following Jesus Christ is what saves you. See, I, I just I think that we need to realize that there's more to this life than just what we see it for face value. Amen? Amen. And it's time for God's people to rise up and be God's people. I'm going to close early this morning. And that may shock some of you. But the thing is this my heart as a pastor of this church is that each and every one of you have a growing relationship with Christ. That you would trade in this deadness, that you trade in this, this life that you've been living and truly follow Jesus. And if we played it on this projector, we got two of them, so that's that way everybody can see it. If we put your life this past week on this projector, would it show somebody that is walking away from sin and trying to follow Jesus with all their heart or to show somebody that's coming in here, putting a mask on, or thinking you got it together, but in reality, your life is a mess and you choose not to give it to him. And we can say all day long, all day long we can say, I want to give, I wanna, I'm following Jesus, but our actions speak louder than our words. Search your heart this morning. God's calling us to be a people that are real. Amen. That are truly following Him. Not people that are just <laughs> coming in with a mask on, saying, I want to be a light of the world. And then when you leave church, you turn the light off. And you walk in darkness all week long. The only little bit of light you get is when you come to church on Sunday. Jesus said, I, I've called. I've came. For the, right, for the sinners, not for the righteous. He came to seek and save those who were lost. And the scary thing about it is those people that are lost, you know when you lost. You know when you lost. I remember going somewhere with me and my wife. We were first married and we were going to the mountains and I was going around this mountain and I knew I was lost. And my wife knew I was lost because she was telling me, you lost but my pride wouldn't accept that I was lost. I ain't lost. I know where I'm going. You know what it is? I just kept getting further and further and further off track. And we wound up in a little spot that I don't know how, where it is or how I even get back to it. And I said, that's enough right there. I, I am lost. I, had to, I was done driving. I was about out of gas. I mean, it was like, this is, this is clutch mm-hmm. time, Jeremy. I says, I am lost. Help me get back to where we need to be. Maybe you need to do that today. Maybe you need to reach out to Jesus. Maybe you reach out to a friend right beside you and say, look, I'm lost. Help me get back to where I need to be. Maybe you started out on the right path, but you allowed the world to come in and just get you all jacked up and messed up. Just like the prodigal son, Jesus is calling you to come back to himself today. Maybe today you've never really had a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've just been coming to church and just been religious that you've never been led by the Holy Spirit. You don't know what that even feels like. I had a girl last week come up to me and she was like, Jeremy, what is this feeling? My, 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 it seems like my, my stomach's on fire. What's this feeling? She, was, she said, I can't stop crying. And I was like, that's the Holy Spirit confirming that you're his. He is. And we sat there and we cried and cried and cried. Have you ever had the overwhelming presence of the Holy Spirit? What's keeping the Holy Spirit from being real in your life? It's sin that you say you're not in. I try as hard as I can to be transparent with you guys as I can be. Because I'm just as transparent with God. (laughs) And it's time for you guys to be transparent with God today. It's time for you to act like, that he is God. You act like he don't know what you're doing. You act like he don't know what you're involved in. He knows the moment that when you get up in the morning that you act like you want to put that mask on. He's the only person that can help you remove it this morning. We're not here to have church. We're not here to come in and go out. We're here to be people that are changed and living for the gospel. We're here to be people that are reaching out to the depths of the darkness and grabbing people that are in Matthew's shoes and showing them the light. So if you're walking through life in emptiness and darkness and you realize that you truly don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want you to just boldly raise your hand because we want to pray for you and we want to we just say, we want to praise God that you have chose to walk away from religion and follow Christ. Dare to be different. Dare to raise your hand. I dare you to. Because there's nothing, there's never, never going to be a feeling better than when you leave all this junk behind and you walk hand in hand with the Savior. Anybody. If you're too scared to raise your hand, I'll be down here. Come and we'll pray. But the biggest thing is you do business with God today. What's holding you back, church? What's holding you back, Christian? What's holding you back from being that man or that woman that's looking for the Matthews of this world? What, what, what causes you to bite your tongue on Monday morning to tell somebody about the goodness of Christ? What causes you not, not, to, not to go to the toes that are they're far from Jesus and tell them the good news. What, what causes that? Don't use the excuse that I'm not gifted in talking because Moses couldn't talk either. He stuttered and carried on, but yet Jesus, but God said, hey, your excuse isn't good enough. I'm gonna use you anyway. Let's stop making excuses of why we're not the people God's called us to be, why I'm not following Christ like I should be. And let's start making plans too today, Amen. And that's what this altar's for. You come and lay it at the feet of Jesus. You come and say, I'm tired of being fake. I want to be real, God. I want my children to see a difference in me. I want my wife to see a difference in me. I want my coworkers to see a difference in me. I want to shine. I want to be like you, where I go to those that are far from you, where I go to those that that are helpless and hopeless, and I want to give them hope. What's keeping you from being that this morning? And that's what this altar's for. It's not to say, hey, look at me. Look how holy I am. I chose to go down front. No, it's saying, you know what? I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to surrender my pride today, and I'm going to get on my knees before the Savior, and I'm going I'm to pray. And the sad thing is, a lot of you remain the same this morning because you're okay with where you are, and you don't see the depravity of where you are. So if you sit in that seat, let me tell you something. I'm going to point my hands. I'm going to pray that God changes your heart today. Because I'm tired of religion. We're not going to do what God's called us to do. We're not going to reach those that are far from Christ unless we are not okay with where we are. Amen? And I'm only one man. And if we're going to do it, we got to do it together. Amen? So let's do this thing. Let's get real. Let's get serious. Let's surrender. God, as we come right now, Lord, I pray, Lord, as as the band comes forward, Father, I. Lord, just like this music that he's playing right now, Lord. Lord, humbly, I come before you, Lord. Lord, humbly, we we just we pray, Father, that you would just move in our hearts, Lord. That God, we wouldn't be okay with where we are. Father, you only you know the hearts of men and women. And God only you can change us, Lord. Only you can give us that that Amen. desire, that drive, that 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 focus, Lord. God, I pray that if there's anything keeping people from coming this morning. That God, you would do it in their heart, Lord. I pray that if there's any unforgiveness in their heart. That God, you would move and they would repent of that. I pray, God, that there's anything in their life. I pray, Lord, there's relationships. Lord, I pray that there's a relationship that people in this room are involved in, and and God, it uh, that there's there's some there's some contention there. There's some. A disruption there. I pray, God, that we would be true to your scripture and we would go to that person. Your word says that when they came to the altar to put the sacrifice, he said, look, leave your sacrifice at the altar and go get things right between your brother. I pray, God, that we would be a people that, that, that reconcile our differences. We would be a people that walk in peace. We would be a people that walk in unity, Lord. God, we would be a people that look for the Matthews of this world. God, we would be just like you and meet the woman at the well. Meet people wherever they are. And God, we would lead them to where you want us to be God help us be the light of this world and it's only in you that we can do it Lord so Lord I pray that you would help us all Lord reject the religious spirit that keeps coming up in our life that we would surrender it to you today Lord and then God we would intentionally leave this place different Lord but it don't happen unless we cast our cares on you so God I pray right now that you would help us do that give us the boldness and do it and lead us Lord in your presence, in Jesus' name, amen.